There are so many direct connections between how we were raised and why we think the way that we do now. How we were taught to self-sacrifice and people please actively and how we face so much self-doubt and feel so stuck and feel like we don't know what we want and we don't know how we feel and we don't know what to do and like we just have to pause our lives until things figure themselves out or feel like we have to be hyper independent, do everything for everyone, not let anyone help you, not let anyone see you vulnerable. There's a lot of different ways that it can manifest based on your personality, based on your coping mechanisms, but we all are dealing with some level of this. And that's why we need a space for us. And that's also why we need to do this together. So I might end up recording this entire episode as little spontaneous bursts. And something that I was just talking about was I started to have some self-doubt up about what I posted on my Instagram story and then I thought about how like I don't actually feel that and my brain was just has just been trained to like give myself social anxiety about things that don't matter or weird myself out about things that I truly believe in but I just get in these like states of mind every now and then where I'm like trying to convince myself that I should be embarrassed or I should be shamed or that I'm doing something wrong but really I was thinking about how I've been balancing all of these different sides of myself and my thoughts were starting to tell me, oh, you should feel like you have more conflict between the different sides of you or you should hide the side of you that goes to metal shows every weekend from your Instagram that's all about, you know, coaching. But it's like, that's who I am. And I've never been able to neatly fit into any kind of box, whether that's, you know, being a third culture kid and not even being from India, India, but being from Kenya in an Indian community and then moving to Texas. And, you know, that aspect alone could never neatly fit me into a box when it came to my own culture. But on top of that, you know, I'm non-binary. I've pursued very different career paths um, in my lifetime of working. I started out working in the service industry and then worked in corporate and in higher education. And now I'm, you know, here with my own LLC and my own coaching business and pursuing tarot reading and working with South Asian women and femmes and then also working with Black Sheep of the Family. Like no matter what I do or which direction I go in, there's not one thing in my life that isn't a little bit complicated or isn't me being fully decisive about something, I guess. Um, And I honestly probably attribute a good amount of that to being a Gemini rising and maybe and Aries moon a little bit too. I feel like we just have like fiery bursts sometimes. But really, I mean, but where this part really comes in is the feeling of self-trust. If I didn't trust in my belief of having a certain passion or having certain things that I found fun or, you know, if I didn't believe in each of my passions and interests and parts of myself fully, I wouldn't be able to be this person who can jump back and forth between all the different sides of myself and be really spiritual, but at the same time be able to go out to shows or be able to spend time with people. I feel like for so many people, and I went through this massive hermit phase as well, but for so many years of my spiritual journey, 
I have really been alone. And obviously the pandemic, like I really did not leave my house for like a year and a half. Even with groceries, I would sometimes do delivery, sometimes do pickup, but I was not seeing anyone else. And other than my partner who I live with, of course, but because of that massive amount of solitude that I had, it really kind of kept me comfortable in that state of mind. And lately, I've actually started a nine to five job. And so I kind of knew that I was going to be forced to socialize. And I started simultaneously falling into a pretty big and also very amazing friend group lately. And it was very unexpected, but I'd been manifesting friends for a while. And all of a sudden, it felt like there were so many of them in my life. And I've been hanging out with this group since like this summer, late in the summer, or so and since then we've just gotten closer and had even more fun together and I always look forward to being with one another and I've wanted and wished for community so deeply but felt so alone for so many years because even prior to the pandemic I also was you know on my healing journey for a few years and I had to go to work at that point and I had to socialize with people who I wouldn't necessarily choose to socialize with and because of that I really wanted to spend the rest of my time alone and I was constantly turning down you know social engagements or invitations to things I just really wasn't feeling it and I had a few friends who I'd catch up with over the phone or over coffee and outside of that I just didn't really want to be around people and so now it seems like it really has been this like five-year journey or however long it's been since I've been in college and been enjoying being around people and now that I'm circling back to that I don't want to apologize for it I don't want to feel like I'm doing something wrong I have this life and this spiritual journey but I also don't think that nothing else in my human existence has to be there for us to be spiritual and that's just a quick side note is I feel like a lot of people who are spiritual or are in the first few years like you need to honor the phase that you're in again that's what self-trust is fully about but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people who are deep in their dark night of the soul and are going through their spiritual awakening, they also feel like, okay, well, you know, I can't drink, I can't do this, I shouldn't see people. And you slowly start cutting out all these different areas of your life. And it's absolutely necessary, again, in some points of our lives to kind of hit the reset button. So it's not that that at all is the problem. It's just you don't want to get stuck there because at the end of the day, even on this spiritual journey, we are humans. We incarnated into this planet as a human in order to work out certain karmic cycles or certain karmic lessons in order to live a human experience. And I fully believe that. And so at a certain point, cutting yourself off from things just becomes cutting yourself off from things, right? And when I needed to separate myself from the life, I had toxic friends, I had a bad relationship with money and a bad money mindset, I had just a lot of self-doubt, a lot of fear. That's the situation I was coming from before starting my healing journey. So of course at that point, I was ready to say goodbye to my bad habits, say goodbye to my toxic friends, leave a lot of that behind. But now I'm at a place where my friends aren't toxic. The people in my life aren't making me feel like I'm not good enough all the time. I have a great money mindset and a great relationship with money and my business and with being able to have a drink and not overdo it because I just have a drink or two and that's it. And 
having nights like that where I just enjoy myself. I enjoy being an adult. I enjoy not having responsibilities and having to be home at a certain time. Like all of those things have actually been such a huge part of my liberation. But from time to time, I really catch myself judging myself for for them. And part of it comes from being a South Asian woman who, you know, was had to have a, a double life. And I also want to clarify, like, I am non-binary, but I was raised to be a South Asian woman. I was a South Asian girl, and we all know in the South Asian community that it's heavily gendered. The way that a boy is brought up is not the same as a girl is brought up. And so I just want to clarify that and say that if I refer to myself as a woman, I'm like thinking more woman plus, but obviously it just makes sense for the gendered experience that I'm speaking to. So I hope that makes sense. But anyways, back to it. Part of the, that shame and self-judgment comes from having to hide everything I was doing, even if I wasn't really doing anything wrong, because of being raised in a South Asian family with certain expectations. And then part of it comes from the Christian side of me that was you know, raised to fear God and to deny myself human pleasure or to deny myself like any kind of material goods or anything like that, right? And then there's a side of me that was very spiritual and started judging myself and shaming myself for my bad habits before. And this kind of brings me to why self-trust has to be built in a certain way, why self-trust has to be built under this lens of healthy and positive self-talk, and why self-trust can only really function if it is sustainable, right? Because you can act on, you know, a piece of your intuition or act on a part of yourself and then a little bit later sabotage that same decision or give up or decide that you're not good enough or decide that it's too much work or whatever it is. And whatever our pattern of self-sabotage is, that can really rear its ugly head, so to speak, when you don't trust yourself from a full and deserving place, right? We can all act on impulse and a percentage of the time, of course, that impulse is going to be a good idea. But can we make sustainable changes where we prioritize our intuition for the rest of our lives? That's where this work comes in. And the thing is, Underneath all of it, self-trust allows you to fully enjoy life because like I just mentioned with the feeling of loving being in hermit mode and then really feeling like I was desiring community and desiring close friends, that has been such an important distinction in my life but I've been able to honor both of those phases even if there was self-doubt along the way, right? Sometimes even when I was enjoying hermit mode, I was like, am I even living life if I'm spending all of my time in my apartment and like, what am I doing? Am I going to regret this when I'm older, right? And then there's the part of me who, you know, says that I've been with people a lot and I've been really social and while I'm having fun and enjoying myself, am I moving away from myself? Am I getting ungrounded, right? And so it's important to honor that balance, but being able to find each cycle and listen to your kind of internal rhythm and allow yourself to have those things instead of judging yourself for why you've changed or why you're different. That is such an important piece of being in alignment, right? Because like I with the different phases, being in alignment doesn't always look one certain way. There's going to be seasons of hustle and doing a lot of work and seasons of rest in your life and in your business. There's going to be seasons of intense healing and 
introspection and then there's going to be really kind of resting from that and enjoying life and being really present in the moment and a lot of that time is also when the lessons that you've been learning in your healing phase actually end up implementing themselves in your life right because we can all heal in a cocoon we can we can all you know avoid our vices and stay on track when we don't do anything but leave our apartment but when we start having to interact with the world in some way shape or form and that immediately throws us off that's when we know that that healing really hasn't fully taken place. It might be there on a conscious level, but it has to continue kind of working its way into our subconscious, into your body language, into how you present in not just a social setting, but any even walking into a restaurant, right? Can you do that without looking at your phone and being hunched over and being afraid and freaking out that you have to talk to someone? And I'm diagnosed with social anxiety, so I truly, truly understand like why and where all of that stress comes from. Like I used to get extremely anxious just crossing the street. But at the same time, because I had to integrate into society and had to interact in all of these different ways, I've been able to get over a lot of those initial fears or initial bits of anxiety and I feel like I've mastered a whole new side of myself and so now I feel like I'm even more well-rounded because for the most part when I'm alone I don't necessarily feel lonely but while I'm with people I can also trust myself to continue finding myself and continue holding up who I authentically am despite being challenged with you know, just other people's perspectives or with temptations of different kind or whatever. So going back to how self-trust allows you to honor these different patterns in your life and that allowing your life to be much more full and to for you to be in alignment, all of that really goes to show that harnessing your self-trust building your self-trust, honoring those phases that you are internally led to, that is what is going to open up doors so that you can be in the right place at the right time. When you think about the lack of that, when you think about someone not listening to their internal clock or their internal sayings, when you think about someone ignoring that and pushing it all down just to follow someone else's advice or just to make someone else happy, that when you think about it that way it's heartbreaking it is completely severing you from your own intuition and that's what i mean by saying that south asian women are actively taught not to trust themselves we are taught to doubt ourselves we are taught to sever ourselves from our intuition or to listen to it but not actually follow it and that is so frustrating and so hurtful like it legitimately hurts my soul to think about incredible talented intelligent beautiful people not being able to do what their heart desires not being able to follow their dreams not being able to live a life that makes them happy and brings them joy just to make someone else happy just for someone else's ego or someone else's need for someone else to hold up societal expectations if that person or your parents or whoever it is that's adding all this extra pressure into your life if they want to live their life that way that's great for them they're honoring themselves their own needs and their wants so why shouldn't you get that same joy why shouldn't you get that same option 
right? And so, yes, I'm saying that, you know, self-trust adds all of this to your life, but when you don't have it, what it takes away, that should be non-negotiable. Those doors that you are ignoring when you push down what you want, that is why you're always wondering what your purpose is. When you are sitting around and getting frustrated and thinking, why am I here? This is all so pointless. I don't care. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. There is a way out of that. And the way out is by listening step by step to what you want. And you've probably been shoving down all of your needs and desires for so many years that you can't even access them. And I understand because I was completely in your shoes. I didn't even know how to identify my emotions because that's how much I wasn't allowed to express who I am and what I feel. I couldn't even tell you if I was angry. I had to talk to someone and see if they would validate my anger or see how they would feel about it and then base my emotions off of that. And now I'm at this place where I could tell you every emotion, every nuance of that emotion and where I feel it in my body and I can prescribe something to myself to move through it or to talk to my inner child or to shake it out and, you know, just literally push it out of my body. I could tell you when I need to have a rage ritual or when I need to meditate and ask for hope and clarity. And that is like in itself a massive, profoundly life-shifting thing for me. And think about how much easier that's made communication and made all of my relationships. Whether they're negative relationships and I need to set boundaries or whether I'm just working through a fight with, you know, a, a close loved one, my partner, a friend, right? Like, I can figure out how I'm feeling, and because of that, I can plainly state it to them. And that saves so much drama, so much stress, and so much heartache from my life. I can have extremely difficult conversations and just say, look, this is how I feel. I'm just going to be fully honest, but then I'm open enough to also receive what they are saying. And you can't be open. You can't be a conduit for communication and others' emotions. You can't be present in the moment. You can't communicate clearly if you have like all of this lodged, blocked emotion, blocked desire, just stagnant feelings that you've been pushing down you you're it's like a vessel in your heart that's like a clogged artery it's like nothing can get through with the ease that it could get through if all of that was moved out but you can't move it out until you address it and until you address it it'll start coming out in weird ways which for a lot of us is resentment anger passive aggression or just kind of switching and having that double life feel feeling where you're this certain person at home and a fully different like party girl outside of your home life or with a new group of friends or you date people and are around people that who others wouldn't normally expect you to be around but it's because there's this whole other side of you that you've been hiding from everyone and that's so much more authentic and true to how you really feel and i get it because a lot of us were we were forced to hide it it's not your fault you were forced to hide every part of you that felt genuine a lot of us were really forced to be robots and not to share any emotions not to ever feel upset not to be able to cry not to say that we didn't feel good or 
or that we were struggling. And especially for my eldest siblings out there, taking care of everyone else, I had a different experience as an only child, but I still had to take on a lot. And every pressure of fulfilling what my parents wanted was on me because there wasn't another kid to make it happen. So I do, to a huge extent, understand feeling older than you were at a young age and having to fulfill all of these needs and desires from your parents and having all of this guilt and pressure on you all the time. I get it. It sucks. We were made to not be able to listen to ourselves because other people needed something from us. It was all about self-sacrifice. And when you sacrifice and sacrifice over and over again, that side of you doesn't just disappear, but it does morph and transform and become something almost unrecognizable or become something that comes out in these uncontrollable bursts. Uncontrollable bursts. So we're dealing with real stuff and that is why I have this course on self-trust for South Asian women. There are so many direct connections between how we were raised and why we think the way that we do now. How we were taught to self-sacrifice and people please actively and how we face so much self-doubt and feel so stuck and feel like we don't know what we want, and we don't know how we feel, and we don't know what to do, and like we just have to pause our lives until things figure themselves out, or feel like we have to be hyper-independent, do everything for everyone, not let anyone help you, not let anyone see you vulnerable. There's a lot of different ways that it can manifest based on your personality, based on your coping mechanisms, but we all are dealing with some level of this. And that's why we need a space for us. And that's also why we need to do this together. Every other offering I have is one-on-one work or the meditations and workshops that you can purchase on my online store, right? But everything that I do live is a one-on-one service. There is a reason this is a group coaching service. And the reason is that we need to heal in our community together. I could tell you that for most of my life, I didn't have positive associations with large groups of South Asian women. I've had some amazing Indian friends, amazing Pakistani friends, amazing Bangladeshi friends. Like, I've had amazing South Asian women in my life, amazing South Asian friends. I have a few South Asian non-binary friends that I'm still getting to know. Um, So I'm not saying that I don't have any positive experiences, but when it comes to like those large family gatherings or being around a lot of South Asian elders who are women, I've gotten a lot of judgment. I've gotten a lot of, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Oh, you look dark. Oh, you look too small. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And whatever those comments are, it eventually ended up building up to me feeling resentful of my culture, me wanting to run away from it instead of embrace it, right? And thankfully, I'm allowing myself to learn how to decolonize, to learn more about my culture. But I know it's not the same as what it would have been if I didn't feel those feelings about not being safe in my own community. And that's why this is group coaching, right? Like we need to have positive associations of other South Asian women who are all healing their generational trauma. Imagine a room of us together. Can you even like 
really think about how powerful that is. It's life changing to see all of us letting go of the fear, shaking off the self-doubt, seeing the fear, seeing the doubt and doing it anyway, right? And doing it looks like that could be different for every one of us. Again, it's all about self-trust. It's all about your unique journey and path. Maybe where you need to trust yourself more is a certain dream or goal that you have. Maybe it's within your career. Maybe it's with a certain relationship or believing that you're worthy of love. Maybe it's just of being kind to yourself. Maybe you need to start having that self-trust so that you can be kind, so that you can uphold boundaries, so that you can be on your own side instead of against yourself all the time. This is the foundation of a good relationship with yourself. What is a good, what is a necessary foundation of any romantic relationship? Trust. Any friendship? Trust. So to have a relationship with yourself, you need trust. And why would we deny ourselves getting to know ourselves? You are amazing. There are so many parts of you that are accomplished and talented and just like you're blowing it out of the water and you're not even letting yourself see how worthy you are. See how great you are. You tackle all of that accomplishment, not with celebration, but with more self-beratement and just more frustration and more feeling like, but you need to do this and that and this better. And I don't want that for you. I want you to recognize your power, recognize how you can do more and accomplish more by doing less right? And all of our journeys look different. So whatever you are working towards, self-trust can still be applied to that because it is fundamental. And something else that I do want to bring up is that self-trust is that action piece of self-worth. I talked about this on my Instagram briefly, but if you believe that you are worthy, you need to then also trust yourself to follow through with that right so if you believe that you are worthy enough of setting boundaries and you finally get that mindset part going you have to have that relationship of self-trust to say okay i've thought about how with this person i need to set this boundary i i know it's going to be hard i know it's not going to be fun but i need to do it because i deserve being treated this way by this person but then that other part of you has to say, okay, I've thought about this. I've realized that this is something I have to do. I'm going to do it. Regardless of if they get angry with me, if they, you know, try and find a way to like weasel back into my life, whether they threaten me, whatever their reaction is, I'm going to hold my ground. And that's the thing. A lot of us can get to that verge of saying, I deserve better. I deserve more but then when it comes to doing something about it or even if we get to the point of setting the boundary but then they really want to sweet talk us and they want to pull us back in and then we give in because we find that safety and comfort in people pleasing because there's a part of us that still wants that validation that still wants that safety net and you don't find it in yourself and you don't find it in yourself because you don't trust yourself right? It all comes full circle. And being able 
to fully believe in where you are right now. Me being able to believe in all of these different sides of me and knowing that they are worthy enough to coexist. Right? All of that is what creates you. That is where the piece of meeting your authentic self comes in. But so many of us have so much shedding, so much letting go to do before we can really even know who our authentic self is. Four years ago, five years ago, I didn't know who my authentic self was. But look at me now. Like, I know who I am and I am so fucking proud of this person. Right? And that doesn't mean that I'm not mad at myself or that I don't shame myself because I do. But I can still love myself through that and recognize my strength and my power. And that love built because I was able to do things that were hard and do it, quote unquote, the right way. And what I mean by that is do it in the way that I needed to do it. I've been through so much hardship in the last couple of years, but through it all, even when there were days that I was fully set in the victim mentality, even when there were days that I wanted to disappear under a rock and start over and run away and all of those things, Ultimately, I found my way back to where I needed to be because I trusted myself, because trusting myself allowed me to trust the universe, because trusting myself allowed me to recognize all the positive and negative things that were going on outside of me and to use that in a way to better myself. I know who I am authentically now. I've built that. I've been in alignment and I know I'm in alignment now. And it comes with great difficulty. It, this is not easy work. But at the same time, if I think about one of my biggest regrets, it could have been living my entire life without getting to know myself. Because I truly love myself so much more than I used to. I think that I'm actually fun and I think that I'm really funny and I think that I'm talented and I think that I go after things even when I know deep down that I'm scared shitless to do it. I push myself and I encourage myself and I have this deep, deep appreciation for who I am because I've slowly allowed myself and held space for myself to come into who I really am. Little by little, making little decisions over a long period of time has gotten me to this place. And that comes with a lot of healing, a lot of letting go of my inner critic, a lot of separating myself from the things that I know are bad for me, even though I want them to stay in my life. And this is possible for you too. You do not have to live life with a giant weight and a giant burden hanging off your shoulders. That's not how it has to feel at all. And I truly want you to be able to live that, to be able to feel that. There is nothing like it. There's nothing like getting to know who you are and if there is one purpose, even if it's not your ultimate purpose, one of your purposes on life and the gateway to finding your additional other purposes is getting to know who you are, getting to know yourself. Because how can you know what you're here for or what you're meant to do if you don't know who you are? 
How can you trust yourself to make any major decisions if you don't know who you are and when you do start to come out, you shove yourself back down, right? And that's the last thing I want to say is there's, again, my course, it's called Not Your Betty, a guilt-free guide to self-trust and decision-making for South Asian women and femmes. And the reason I talk about self-trust and decision-making is decision-making is a major factor that's affected by how much and to what level you trust yourself, right? Like I said, if you don't know who you are, how are you ever going to know what decision is best for you? And if you find yourself being picky or indecisive or changing your mind all the time, this is a huge piece of it. Part of decision-making is being able to trust yourself through the fear. Trust yourself through the doubt. I have specific fear-setting exercises directly addressing this. Part of it is learning how to make decisions. Part of it is recognizing your own strength and your worth. Part of it is finding ways and going out of your way to find environments where you feel safe. Part of it is not demonizing your shadow, aka the anger, the rage, the frustration that you feel. It is sacred. All of our emotions are teachers. Your emotions are teaching you how you feel. Not allowing yourself to feel your emotions is then not allowing yourself to have that information about who you are, thus again denying your authentic self. Having your emotions, listening to them, allowing them to be, to express themselves, it sets you free and it teaches you a lot about yourself. So I'm adding an entire module, an entire section of my course on the dark feminine, on embracing our sacred rage. I'm going to teach you how to hold a rage ritual for yourself. Our graduation ceremony is a burning bowl ceremony where you are going to light all of the stuff that you want to let go on fire. We are utilizing all of these incredible resources that we have and truly touching each part of your soul. This is not surface level work. This isn't like I throw one or two journal prompts at you. There's like 150 people in a Zoom room. No one can really say anything. That's not what this is. There is going to be no more than probably eight maybe 10 depending, but probably eight people to a class. All of our group coaching sessions will not have more than eight people. And that's specifically because I want you all to have a voice. I want you all to feel the fear of speaking up for the first time in this kind of setting and to do it anyway and to trust yourself and hold yourself through that. I want you to define safety and connect with what makes you feel safe in this group setting. And of course, yes, it's virtual, 
But again, we are holding sacred space. This is not like a conference room meeting, right? And you get to show up fully as yourself, whether that's you in pajamas and no makeup or you done up to the nines. Whoever you are, however you are in this moment is how we will receive you. And we're grateful to receive you in that way. We are lucky to know you. So I don't want you to feel like you're a tiny square getting lost in all of this. Right? We are touching every part of you, igniting every piece of you, and allowing you to build that relationship of acceptance, of trust, of worth. If you want to hear from the clients who took this course last year, there is a podcast episode. There's actually two different episodes with Neelam Patel, one on self-trust and another more recently on the book that she just published. So I highly recommend checking out those episodes with Neelam is with Kirthi who took the course last year and she has moved to India and started a beautiful new career in life coaching. Right, And so they both have these incredible stories, and if you want to learn more, I highly recommend hearing it from their words, because they have such beautiful and impactful things to say, and I personally really love listening to those episodes. So I recommend checking those out if you want to learn more. I also have another episode on self-trust. It has self-trust and self-policing in the title, It's definitely a little bit older, came out around this time of year last year, and it's another really, really good episode about self-trust and South Asian society specifically, so I also recommend that if you are looking for more information on this topic. And the last thing I want to say is make sure that you get inside Not Your Betty this year. It is going to be officially starting. The first coaching call is going to be on March 12th, depending on what we decide in the cohort specifically in our scheduling needs. I'll have more details on when the coaching will be. We'll decide on that together the first week, and then all of that information will come out. But it includes five modules six group coaching calls, the sixth being that burning bowl graduation ceremony. We can take it there when it comes to the witchy spiritual tarot side, but I'm never going to force that on anyone who is uncomfortable with it or who doesn't want that. So again, that's something that can be kind of molded and shifted based on the cohort, but everything else is going to be so powerful. You're going to be learning pranayama exercises. We're going to be learning EFT and emotional freedom technique how to move with your body, how to regulate your nervous system. Every group coaching call is going to start with a nervous system regulating meditation that's rooted in deep visualization so that you can access deeper parts of your subconscious, so that you can start listening to these messages that you have for yourself, that your higher self has for you, that you've been blocking off. So this is like just the most fun the most engaging course that I've ever been in and that I have the privilege of hosting. Like this is one of my most fun 
offerings and services simply because of the group coaching aspect. And so I am so excited to meet everyone who's going to be in this year's cohort. I have early bird pricing available. I may actually end up extending it until March 1st because like I said, I've started a new full-time job. I have been very busy, very overwhelmed with a lot of things going on. So I haven't been able to get this out as soon as I want. So I guess we'll just say that the early bird will be until March 1st at midnight PST to give you an extra hour. And otherwise, you have until March 7th to purchase this course. If you need some more time, if you want to pay it full price, early bird pricing is 50% of the full price. Early bird is $444 and the full price is $888. It can be split up into a payment plan if you need. So I'm going to link Not Your Betty in the show notes. Make sure that you check it out and you definitely get in as soon as you possibly can if you are looking for that early bird pricing And on that page, I have a contact form. So if you need a slightly different payment plan, if you have a question for me, if you are wondering anything at all, just write your name and email address in that contact form and submit your question or whatever you might need. And from there, I will go ahead and email you back and we will figure it out. So if something happens, like you ask me about early bird pricing and then, you know, I'm not able to get back to you, I can still honor that because you asked me a question about it or requested it. There is a link to purchase it on that website already as well. So you easily can just purchase it, jump into the course. But like I said, if you have any questions, things can be extended based off of that. Okay, that is everything that I have to say. I loved doing this spontaneous episode. I love all of you. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and find one way to follow your intuition in this next week. As always, happy healing. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me for another episode of Is It Worth It? If you've been enjoying this episode and think it would be helpful for others, please make sure that you rate and review the podcast. It really helps me so, so much in supporting the podcast and helping it reach new audiences. And if you are able to write a review and email me a screenshot at hello at betigrewup.com, you'll be able to receive 10% off of any of my single session services. So that includes single session self-worth coaching and single session tarot readings. All links to my other content, my services are all going to be in the show notes below. Thank you again so, so much. I deeply appreciate your listenership and I hope you have a beautiful day ahead.